0: Hey, patrons, this is an ad free episode, an early ad free episode. Uh, and these come to $5 and up patrons uh, uh, like uh, twice a week. And, uh, you know, think about how much you consume with podcasts. Like I say on the regular show, say, let's well, just listen to uh, 10 episodes a month. Consider paying uh, 50 cents an episode, uh, $5 a month. If I can just get one out of 10 people, uh, to go from $1 a month to $5 a month will be a huge, huge impact on the show but only if you're in a position to do so uh, thanks so much and out with the show alright ladies and gentlemen boys and girls and friends beyond the binary and all my patron peeps uh, uh, hey patrons I'm here you're helping me, I'm helping you what a great deal Uh, Thanks so much for making the choice to to, to enter into this relationship. Let me be vulnerable while you be vulnerable, and I can tuck you in. Thanks, patrons. Good night. Uh, Hey, are you up all night tossing, turning, mind racing, trouble getting to sleep, trouble staying asleep? Well, this is Sleep With Me, the podcast that puts you to sleep. We do it with a bedtime story. All you need to do is get in bed, turn out the lights, and press play. To do the rest, what I'm going to attempt to do is create a safe place where you could set aside whatever's keeping you awake, whether it's thoughts the bubbling up or you know, on your mind, in your mind, around your mind. You know, you, hey, thoughts, I'm I, I, do you mind? I'm trying to uh, get through like thoughts, feelings, you know, emotions you're experiencing, uh, physical sensations, or physical sensations. Uh, whatever's keeping you up, I'd like to take your mind off it. It could be change in schedule, travel, whatever it is, I'm here to help. I'm here to distract you. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to send my voice across the deep, dark night. I'm going to use these lulling, soothing, creaky, dulcet tones, some pointless meanders, tangents, superfluous dialogue, description. Uh, superfluous, you say, well, that's a little, you're heavy on the superfluous. Uh, superb, I wish, I, I don't know if I said this, but I, I like my superfluous to be superb. Superb, I, you know, like how many times do you say superb without putting your finger to your lips and doing that kiss thing? Like the, the is that an international symbol for deliciousness? Or just, because uh, it also says okay. It's very similar to the okay symbol, but really you're saying, um, mm, uh, delightful, delicious. Superb. Okay, but I'm going to send creaky dulcetones, pointless meanders, tangents. Uh, if you're new, hey, welcome. Uh, here's a couple things right off the bat. I'm glad you're here, and I hope I can help. Uh, but All I ask is you give it a few tries. And actually, uh, that's not all I ask. Uh, that's what most listeners say. Hey, give me a few tries. You can read the reviews. Uh, there's even people who said, well, I didn't like it at first. And then I gave it a few tries. I said, oh, wait a second. <laughs> I don't know if this is something you like or dislike. It's kind of like, uh, oh, hmm. And don't try too hard to make sense of it because the podcast, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. It's uh, pretty goofy. And I, like I said, I don't, I, do you hear how many times I do, like I, I, uh, I do a lot of stuff like that? So uh, try to consume it loosely. Like hopefully you're comfortable in bed or you're sitting somewhere comfortable. And, uh, you know, I'm smoothing and padding this uh, safe place, as I always do. More looks like I'm, if you could see me at least, say, Scooch, are you sure you're not waxing the safe place? And I'd say, actually, I uh, get a new feature in this safe place, a seasonal feature. Because uh, I heard, uh, I think there's something called, like, waxed canvas. So I'm waxing some canvas. Well, wiggity, wiggity waxing it, by the way, just in case you needed a little uh, a giggle spritz. And it's actually to protect you from the spritz uh, coming in for the season. It's a canvas, waxed canvas tarp that I'm waxing. Scoots, that's car, car, carnuba wax. Don't you use that on cars and not canvas? Yeah, brain, thanks uh, for telling me that after I purchased it. Uh, this was the only wax they had at the 99-cent store. I mean, the super deluxe safe place store of excellence where you only get superb products. And actually, I'm already off topic because I was trying to welcome the new listeners. So I'll get back to my wiggity-wiggity waxing later. Okay, so don't try to make too, too much sense of this podcast. I think I just proved that point accidentally. It's, I'm still waxing it, but maybe doing some polishing uh, and some rubbing it down, safe place. Uh, but, uh, so, okay, so don't try to make too so much sense of the podcast. If you're new, here's what to expect structurally. The show starts off with a few minutes of business. Regular listeners know that that's how we keep the show going. Uh, when your hand hits the fridge tomorrow, I'll just say, huh, how does it keep the show going? If you're new, not super important. Thanks for sticking through that. Yeah, uh, then there's an intro. The intros are about 12 minutes of me explaining what the podcast is kind of ineffectively or inefficiently because I'll say, well, let me, do, what am I in the middle of a podcast intro? Let me stop and uh, look in the, does this, excuse me, does this 99 cent store have a wax aisle? Oh, well, what do I need to wax? Great question. Wow. you you're, you're uh, really at the top of your game. Oh, this is an imaginary ninety-nine cent store. Even you know, maybe then stuff will actually be ninety-nine cents. Like all-inclusive ninety-nine cent store. I mean, everything. Oh, everything is definitely ninety-nine cents at this one. Wow. And you have wax aisle? No, you have wax. Oh, because you say floor. Well, I'm looking for something in the carnauba. Just a beautiful word. Is carnuba wax just for cars, or? Uh, do you have any of that wax, uh, like tortoise wax? How about that? Okay. All 99 cents. Excellent. Let me fill up. Let me go get a cart. Actually, I'm in the podcast intro. I got to get back to you. Sorry about that. That's what happens in the intros. I try to make a metaphor for the show. And the next thing you know, I'm, I'm shopping. Sorry, I didn't mean to bring you along here. But uh, the, the, this uh, some people say this 99 cent store's wax, wax. Uh, whack, uh but maybe they meant it's full of wax. Uh, trying to, to, to trying too hard there, Scoots. Well, this is a joke-like. I, I'm not here to give jokes. I'm here to be mildly amusing. Oh, you have an amusement aisle. Do you mind if I move into this 99-cent store? Oh, as with all things in the pocket central, it's within my brain already. Uh, great. Uh, do me a flavor, favor, then. A flavor, too. Do not inflate any balloons since you know, period, the noise, and I don't need any balloon inflating going on in my, oh, yeah, it's a, my, my, my brain has an he- atmosphere of helium. Oh, cool. Oh, hot air and helium. Great. Uh, okay, sorry. So structurally, the, where was I? Oh, you don't need to listen to me. Oh, stru- so then the show starts off with an intro. doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Then, between the intro and the episode, is a little business. And then, is uh, tonight, it'll be a recap of our serially episodic series, Nuns in Space, The Stand Chronicles. A little look back at kind of the genesis of ideas and, and how it went and stuff like that. And then, at the end of the show, are some thank yous and good nights. Uh, that's the structure of the show. I think I established you don't really need to listen. You can Listen. Or you can kind of passively listen or, or, you know, kind of view me as like a, you know, mild, you know, like a neutral noise. But if you need to listen, I'm going to be here till the very end Uh, because I've been there and I've been there when I just needed something to distract me while I fell asleep. I've been there when I couldn't sleep and I just wanted a friend in the deep dark night to keep me company for a few hours. And more recently, I've just been there when I just wake up mysteriously, don't even have to go, and I say, oh, uh, and I've needed a little bit of comfort and distraction. So if it's any of those or something I'm not mentioning, I'm here to help. Use the show. I guess my message is use the show as you wish. But if you just need it, if you're sleepless and you're just looking for some companionship, I'll be here uh, goofing around uh, to you know to, to, for an hour. And you can queue up episode after episode if you need it. So that's uh, the sh- oh Then, yeah, then there'll be a story. That's the structure of the show. You don't need to listen. Yeah, and also, I guess uh, this kind of goes into what I was saying. No pressure to fall asleep. That's why I'd be here about an hour. Fall asleep as you wish. Uh, just slowly drift away. Or let me slowly drift away with my helium brain. Uh, but that's it. And I guess, like, I still haven't figured out that canvas waxing while I was talking. I picked up another piece of canvas. Well, actually, are uh, old jeans canvas? or is den- Are denim and canvas different things? They are. Well, maybe we could do, do a, wor- what is it called? Minim- MVP, minimum viable product. Maybe I'll make, use these denim jeans to, to prove if we could use a can- make these denim jeans into a canvas tarp, wax it uh, to keep our uh, uh, safe place dry. Or I could just buy a tarp. You're right. What about a canvas, waxed canvas one? What are they wax? Is it like a paraffin wax um, or something else? Because I just say, can, is can, oh, candles are made from wax. I was just about to ask that. And then my brain said, you're kidding, right, Scoots? Don't ask that. I know the answer. Uh, can, how about, here's the thing. I'm not, obviously, I'm not in the waxing business or the wax sales. But you could say... Uh, with essence of, if it doesn't have 100% beeswax, put a little bit in there and say, with essence of beeswax, this safe place, watched over, we'll need something else other than watched over. That'll be temporary. That's another MVP. Minimum vi- viable pronoun. I don't know if that's a pronoun, no. Uh, watched over. Stretched above our safe place. Shielding it. Shielding Stretched above our safe, something shielding it is a good word to write. Uh, uh, the finest uh, sun, sun washed. I heard that term too recently. Uh, waxed canvas. Uh, so, You know, here's a, This is totally unrelated too. If you have a bee, if you're in the honey business or the beeswax business, uh, you, you Just, just use my friend's mom's name, Jenny. Ginny's honey, it's the bee's knees. Uh, how, how's that sound? Ginny's beeswax, it's the bee's knees. Or uh, what if it was a bomb, like a beeswax bomb? You'd say, uh, bomb and bee, this bee back. You know, something like we'd wax the bee. I, I'm missing a part of it, but that's why I make a sleep podcast and I'm not like I'm, uh, working with Don Draper. You'd say wax in the bee's knees since 1963. So there you go. Wiggity wax in the bee's knees. No, we don't need that extra part, uh, teenager brain. E- anyway, I guess the main message is I'm here to help. The way I help is uh, basically screw, screwing around a little bit, horsing around. Thank you, grandma brain. And uh, to, to just keep you company. I, I want to be your friend in the deep dark night, your boar friend, your boar bay. your boar cause, your boar sib your boar bud. I'm here to help. And the way I'm going to do it is uh, tell you a story, take your mind off of stuff uh, with some friendly banter. Give it a few tries to see if it helps. But here's the thing. I really appreciate you checking the show out and coming by. And I want you to know I work very hard and I strive and I yearn uh, to help you fall asleep. Thanks so much. And uh, here's a few ways we keep the show going. Hey, hey everybody, welcome to our recap of our episodically serial, serial modular story, uh, The Stan Chronicles, The Nuns in Space, uh, a se- kind of a season two, I guess this was a definite season two, uh, but with more of a focus on Stan than The Nuns from my childhood, uh, you know, and Scooter kind of, uh, of course, his, this fictional version of Scooter uh, played a part as well. Uh, so what I'm going to do is run through here is like a little bit of the genesis of the idea, a little bit of like uh, w- w- what carried the show, uh, you know, some assessments and then uh, take a look maybe episodically, um, depending on the time we have. Uh, but a lot of like this comes from like this, you know, you, you get in bed, get, get, get comfortable But if you want to listen to this during the day to to get an idea, that's fine, too. A lot of people, listeners, you know, fall in love with different uh, characters of our ongoing episodic series. And naturally, they ask, hey, Scoots, when are you going to do? Please do, I love this character. When are you going to do another series of this? And my standard answer, because it's true, is... uh, if I have an answer, oh, you know what, it's coming. It, otherwise, it's usually, well, I'm waiting because I, like all stories from sleep with me come from a place I call the story swamp. And the story swamp uh, is, orga- I guess, in some sense, it's organic. I mean, you put a lot of work. In. It's just strange because it's a bit like a swamp. Uh, I guess I got to put the work in. Even though it's organic to walk around and explore the story swamp and to be there every day on a daily basis writing and uh, trying to pay attention and stuff. But, uh, you know, you also don't, the story swamp runs on its own schedule. And it's kind of like, I don't know if it's like Taekwondo, because I don't do Taekwondo, but it's like you can't force things in the story swamp. Uh, When they surface or bubble up is when they surface or bubble up. And the key thing is to be paying attention and say, oh, look at that bubble. I wonder what, what that bubble is over there. Let me go smell it. Is that swamp gas or the breath of uh, some forest friend uh, under? You know, that lives underwater like a turtle? Because, oh, I definitely know what turtle breath smells like. And then I could tell the turtle, hey, br- brush your beak or whatever. Let me brush it for you. And so the cereal series, the episodic ones, do um, depend on that for a concept I I have not yet that I know of uh, been in a position where the story Swamp hasn't said hey here's the idea or the general or hey what about this like a faint hint but it never comes in a convenient way it just comes when it wants to come and then I say oh okay that works and I think I talked about this maybe in the last series uh I had wanted to do a second season of Nuns in Space uh, because I felt like Stan's a very strong character and the dynamic with the nuns was interesting. And it was open-ended, you know, they were still on this quest uh, to help the nuns find their ship or whatever, and then they were stuck back in the cloud of delusion. So I'd always wanted to return to it. And actually, I think it's just a two-year gap, which isn't a huge gap to return to something uh, but at the time, I said, well, I don't know what, like, uh, what the story would be. I, I'm not comfortable just uh, doing the exact same thing again. Like, oh, they get out of the cloud, and then they have these episodic adventures in space. I, I feel like uh, to carry it through an entire season and to be writing every single day, there has to be some sort of uh, magnetic pull. To to help carry me through the season, or rope, uh, you know, for me to help me climb the mountain. And so I waited, and every once in a while I'd ponder, it, be like, well, what would a second season? Is? So they're in the cloud of delusion. And at some point, I talked about this. Uh, an idea came to me, but I didn't write it down, which was a mistake. I, I said, oh, I'll definitely remember it. I think I was walking. In a and it coalesced and said, oh, this is what we could do for the second season. It involved a cloud of delusion like this season did. Uh, but it also had a, like a thematic story element that I can't remember what it was. They said, oh, OK, maybe I can't remember if it was something relatable or something character based or something story based. But I said, oh, OK, that has enough theme and character story balance to carry. I said that, that that'll work. And at the time, this was far out, so it was like, like, uh, like maybe months to a year out from when we would have made it anyway, because that's how far I'm planning. Like, as of right now, just to give you a calendar thing, I have uh, started this morning actually working on our next series, which would be the holiday series. And when I'm recording this, this, is the last day of August. When you hear it, it'll be in the uh, f- far in the future. And then, uh, ideally the, um, the holiday series will be coming up like, uh, so maybe you're on like, uh, whatever the holiday creep has begun. So like, I'll be working on that. And then by the time the holidays come, ideally I'll be well into our next series, which I have a concept for, but I won't until I'm done with the holiday series, which is usually a four or five episode run. Which is a new series, and then we're going to do a season, another season of another series, because it, it, the concept uh, it came to me this summer. Uh, but so with the nuns in space it's probably that far out, like eight, eight to twelve months. I said, okay, that's it. Like great, we're, we're set. Uh, I'll, I'll definitely remember that for sure. Uh, let me just focus on whatever. Uh, let me just focus on whatever the, the whatever that. Uh, uh, as the North Pole Turns or uh, the theme park series. And I went back to work on that. And then we started to get closer in the theme park series. I said, okay, what was that idea for Nuns in Space again? And part of me was like, well, I don't know. And uh, I said, oh, dear. But I, I didn't say it like that. Uh, and I said, hey, got you know, this, this is a weird dynamic that had played out in this season is the story swamp just asks me, to trust it and in some weird way that's very very difficult i say wait you want your swap full of story and you just want me to trust you're going to give me story when i need it uh, but not in the way i necessarily expect it packaged or ready uh, and sometimes you're not it's just going to bubble up right then and i'm going to have to be observant and patient uh, i got to make it but i got to make this podcast it comes out twice a week you know It's uh, like trains always moving in a story swamp. If a swamp could not, it would just say, don't worry about him. So that that was the pickle I found myself in. And so that's one, like, uh, uh, I don't know, parallel line. Another parallel line is, uh, you know, I love podcasts. I listen to a lot of podcasts and I've gotten to, to, like, talk to a bunch of wonderful people out there in the podcast community And, of course, if you make a podcast and you listen to podcasts, other ideas are always coming up for me. And I keep a list of those ideas. Oh, one day maybe I could make a podcast about that. But at this time, even now at the end of year five of making the show and into year six, it's like uh, sleep with me is pretty – there's not – I don't have a lot of – my time budget is filled and overflowing just keeping sleep with me going. But I say, okay, at some point, maybe I'll have a producer or I'll put out less episodes and I'll work on something else or I'll find something else. So I said, one day, you know, it's, let's be patient, just like the story Swamp asks. So I have an idea of things and also things I say. Well, is that already – like, why is that idea calling to me? Is it already a story that's out there that I heard and then it fell into my subconscious or is this a new idea – and obviously with Anons in Space, I love, uh, uh um, like, uh, um, like sci-fi stuff. I, like, so it, 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 there's also the idea of, the, 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 of these audio dramas, like, and there's a full cast audio dramas, and then there's single character audio dramas in podcasting. And I've talked about this too in the podcast is like, uh, just like independent movie making versus big budget movie making, or even like, you know, uh, smaller budget movie making versus independent movie making versus kids making their own movies in their basement. Uh, you know, people could judge that, but it's all made on these, these different spectrums. But there is this uh, level of uh, forced creativity. Uh, when you're making a film on a budget, because you say, well, we got to figure, we got to keep it within the budget and how are we going to do that and still tell this story and the people that succeed at that, uh, you know, the the, 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 you say, wow, they really did. How did they pull it? Well, was made, it was actually tapioca. You see, you're kidding me. That looked like, uh, you know, the empire state that was tapioca. I thought it was the empire state building for real. And they say, yeah, that's all we had a budget for was tapioca. We figured it out. Uh, and so with podcasting and limited time and limited budgets and uh, limited, like uh, some of the great shows, uh, or it can be single, some are full cast audio drums. Those are a lot, a lot, a lot of work. But you also see stuff with uh, different stuff. And that's like not just, like it's a place where, uh, what's sustainable and what's possible and what's achievable, like creative constraints, uh, you know, or people are saying, oh, well, let's tell a story in this context because we can make it into a show. And a lot of times that drives my thinking because I know uh, what it takes to make a sustainable podcast uh, or try, try to. So I say, okay, the smaller the cast, if I'm plan- if I'm starting to think of other ideas – I always say, okay, well, what could we do? What stories could we tell with a cast of one or two uh, versus like a lot of sound design in a big cast? Just because the budgets haven't, like you you really have to, the people that are doing these like uh, beautiful uh, full-scale audio dramas are really, really, uh, it's just, just super impressive. If you're ever interested in audio dramas on so, social media, you could uh, just search for Audio Drama Sunday, uh, the hashtag on Twitter. It's probably on Instagram and other places too. And there's always good discussions about audio dramas on Sundays. But so, uh, it, like, that's like one it's so audio dramas, like fictional uh, stories, uh, I guess. Uh, oh, yeah. I, I guess to sleep with me, you could say, is like a strange version of that. Um, but so I've always been like, oh, would I make another audio drama and what would it be? And I have a list of things and then I pair that list down as I say, oh no, that was buried in my subconscious from somewhere else or, or, oh no, that won't work. Or someone just, oh, that podcast just came out. It's very similar. Maybe not, uh, uh, even though I'm not actively working on any of those, it's just a thing. And so one of the ideas I had, and I was actually resistant to giving it over to Stan. And again, I never um, I fully vetted this idea, uh, but it's very similar to what played out. It was like, uh, what if there was a like, a, and this is from watching a lot of science fiction, is like, what would it would be like if an android, like a beginning android, was going through a self-help books. Like, could that be a podcast? And like each season is this android either probably alone because I was thinking of a cast of one, uh, going through this self help book, maybe like a, a big magic or some something. This this is what my thinking was, and so that sat in my pile, and then everyone while so I'd say, well, I said no, I'm picturing like a, a different android than Stan. And then at some point I said, well, the story stump said, well, I don't know. I think these ideas are meant to be together. And they said, I don't know. Like what, like, uh, like self-help and Stan. And I said, I don't know. And, and, and I would be resistant. And then the story swamp said, I don't know. And I said, well, what would, uh, what would really give Stan what Stan needs? Like what does Stan want? And what would bring Stan, like it would bring Stan to another stage of evolution is a real being. It yeah, stands not like a an android. It Stan, stands stands a fully flushed out character, uh, you know that I have a relationship with. And, and so it was like this thing. And this is again, like it has to happen over time. And then I thought about the book, uh, uh, the, the Artist's Way by Julie Cameron. And I don't know when, like when or how it came up. And then I said, huh, like. Uh, it's a book I've tried to, like, uh, follow in uh, unsuccessfully multiple, multiple times at different stages in my uh, life. Uh, and actually, like, uh, what's interesting is uh, I've always, I've almost always bought the book at uh, used bookstores. And you could see, like, where other people uh, fell off. It's just not an easy artist way. It's not easy. Uh, even though it is, it's kind of like if you commit to it... Uh, I don't know. The journey is a journey in of itself, and I think that's an important part about the book. But I said, wait a second, and it said in a twelve-week kind of like program, and I said, oh, this this would fit. I said, well, it's a little longer than we've been doing series, so it'll be stretched out over a little bit longer period of time. But I said, yeah, I think I could do like we could take Stan. And this artist journey, and what would we discover about Stan? And just to give you an idea of like what the weeks are, let me just read. Uh, uh, week one is recovering a sense of safety. There's also the basic tools, which one of the basic tools, or the two big tools are uh, morning pages. Which I, I I've been doing and I've, like for a, for a while since I knew this I was going to follow through with this idea I said well at least I could do the morning pages, and uh, the morning pages is like three pages of stream of consciousness kind of journaling or just writing every single morning as soon as you wake up you do three longhand pages of writing, and you know, uh, Julie Cameron kind of guides you maybe thematically through maybe stuff you could explore. It's basically like to just get you to know what's on your mind better and also to be like, I don't want to do this, uh, or I only want to do one, or I have nothing. Or what I've noticed lately is I'll write a half a page and I'll start daydreaming and, and not like daydreaming or problem solving about stuff in the day coming up or yesterday. Like, and I say, oh, well, I'm really losing focus here. I'm not doing stream of consciousness writing. So it's kind of like a thing that evolves with you, but it's like, and this is what all the success of Sleep With Me is founded on. Is like, are you going to do this every day? Are you going to follow through on this and see what happens? And so that's one basic tool. The other one is an artist date, which you're supposed to take yourself on an artist date every single week uh, to kind of say, okay, I need some time alone uh, to recover. That's not work. That's play. And it's like intentional play saying, oh, let's go to a museum or let's go, uh, you know, do some, go to a play or go to a concert, go to a live podcast. Uh, let's go to the flea market, I think is one of her examples and, you know, pick out some fun stuff. That one I have not been so good at, uh, other than going to the movies, which I haven't even followed through on, uh, which was a couple of my artist dates, uh, uh, yeah, I have not been good at that, Julia. Sorry, like, and it's just, uh, it's just something about the way, like, it's, again, I'm, uh, I have to take my artist journey more seriously, I guess, and, uh, yeah, so, that has been difficult. That was a little bit tough to fit in the series, too, and then another thing I haven't been good at, but this is a habit I want to develop, is, like, to check in, like, she says, she's uh a, a weekly check-in. And see, uh, like, uh, where you're at and stuff like that. And then you go through the book week by week. And I guess the other times I've tried to do it, or the most recent time, which was before the podcast probably, I tried to do it as, like, a 12-month program, which maybe that's what I need to go back to doing it as. This is, like, uh, week one over four weeks. Maybe that's what I'll do, uh, again, if I can consistently do it. Yeah, but so this is the basic Here's the weeks. So week one, recovering a sense of safety. And so Stan and this went through each of these weeks. Uh, week two, recovering a sense of I- identity. Week three, recovering a sense of power. Week four, recovering a sense of integrity. Uh, week five, recovering a sense of possibility. Because it's really a lot of it is about healing kind of your inner child or your inner creator. And trusting, you know, just like the series ended with like a, a le- like, a, can you take the sleep of faith every day and do the work? Uh, recovering a sense of abundance, recovering a sense of, that's six. Week seven, recovering a sense of connection. Week eight, recovering a sense of strength. Week nine, recovering a sense of compassion. Uh, week 10, recovering a sense of self protection. Uh, Week 11, Recovering a Sense of Autonomy, and Week 12, Recovering a Sense of of Faith. And then from the book, let me read you about the author. Julia Cameron has been an active artist for four decades. She's the author of more than 40 books, fiction and nonfiction, including best-selling works on the creative process as the artist's way, Walking in This World and Finding Water a novelist, a playwright, songwriter, and poet. She has multiple credits in film, theater, television, and she divides her time between Manhattan and the high desert of New Mexico. And I highly recommend to, to, to checking the book out as long as, and, and I think Julia is totally like, uh, it's a no pressure thing, but I think, uh, don't put the pressure on you like, uh, then decide if you can commit. And again, uh, if you want to reach out to me and commit to it, uh, uh, we kind of were talking about it in the like Slack group of, uh, or higher tier patrons, but probably a way I don't, I don't have to hot, hot to like, uh, at least on social media, you can say, Hey, am like, uh, let me know your successes. Yeah. Because I'll be trying to do it too. Cause it really just, it makes things a little bit more intentional. And then the idea of, uh, the artist date is nice. And in the morning pages, for me, it's like showing a sense of commitment, of self-care, and of inner inner exploration. Uh, so that's where the, the, the idea for this series uh, the, or this season of uh, Nuns in Space Game is like, okay, now we have it. Uh, Stan will uh, complete the—that'll the, be the bones of the, the episodes is Stan— uh, and kind of the brainstorming is like uh, Stan and Scooter working with Stan, g- completing the artist's way uh, with the desire for that to trigger getting out of the cloud of delusion or to say, okay, w- will this artist's way, will uh, Stan evolving or whatever, uh, help us get out of the cloud of delusion? And uh, so then it started the writing process. And uh, so, uh, let's see. Was this was made over? Uh, it was twelve episodes made over. I don't know how many. Like usually, I was writing an episode every ten days. Uh, though sometimes you know stuff came up and I was writing it over longer. And actually, there was a couple other things I could talk about about the writing process, but it's pretty similar. Is that now that we're doing two episodes a week, I usually get about ten days of writing for each written episode. And, uh, like, uh, let's see, there's a couple parallel discussions in there. So, usually that's the first thing I do every day. It used to be, actually. Let me strike that. Like, now I do my morning pages. Then I get up and I drink coffee and I, like, take uh, ideally an hour or less uh, to just respond to, like, uh, as much response as I can. Because I get a lot of inbound stuff about like a lot of it is trying to find ways to keep the podcast sustainable and then listener stuff and trying to keep be available. So I usually do that for about an hour or uh, sometimes it depends on how early I woke up. Uh, but I like to start writing ideally at 8 or 830. Yeah, so sometimes I'll be and then trying to read up on podcast news. So usually it's like an hour and a half and I'm drinking coffee. And then I'll start writing. And I write for 25 to, to 45 minutes, but a minimum of 25 minutes. And and that uh, usually the 25, because, like I try to do, if I can stay focused, because that's really all the time in the day I have. Uh, but another thing that comes up for some people is like, why do you bother even writing episodes? Or what, why do you bother working hard on the podcast? And I just want to address that like uh, because it comes up a lot, is, uh, like, so the hard work that makes a podcast in in an ironic or paradoxical way is what keeps it sustainable. If making the podcast was easy and it wasn't for these creative constraints that we've talked about in other ways, like, uh, it wouldn't be, I don't think it would work, and it wouldn't put as many people to sleep, and it wouldn't be, I don't know, if it wasn't hard, I don't know if it would necessarily that I would keep the, the the if there wasn't a challenge in it I wouldn't keep coming back and be able to put in the hard work. So the fact that it's very hard uh, is what makes it exist in some weird way, and maybe it says about a lot about who I am. But all of the episodes, whether it's the, the uh, written series, the kind of improv off the cuff episodes, personal essay style episodes. Or the TV recaps rely on this writing session uh, because they think writing one episode uh, it give, it helps reform like keep me focused on what works about the, It's also like editing and listening to the episodes multiple times, uh, like those things help structure the episodes that I'm making and help me refine the podcast and get better as a storyteller or whatever or in structure or in phrase or whatever it it keeps the show evolving and keeps it quality and so that writing session affects everything else i make uh, in a positive way and so without it again it would be like i I don't think i could sustain it just be like well you know what? I would find something else that's hard to do because, uh, I don't know. So it's bad because it becomes easy for me to make. It It wouldn't be a good sign, but I don't think it will because I don't know if that writing's ever easy. Uh, So that's a little bit about that. But So I I write every day, and on a 10-day writing schedule, which is about, that's not totally accurate, but it's like, uh some days uh, like whatever day I recorded the episode the next day, I'll start writing the next episode the next morning. And usually to keep it on the release schedule, it's ten days. Some days like the writing would go really easy. I'd record it and I don't think I've ever a recording thing uh, written episode in less than a week, but maybe a week or eight days, and then other times it might take me two weeks because it's not going. but anything more than two weeks is not allowed. It just because otherwise I wouldn't be able to stay on schedule. So uh, usually the first day, I've talked about this kind of process before, but it, it again, it helps, uh, is like a, a reading in blue sky day. So I would read, in, I probably would have already read the chapter first. So I'd say, oh, week one, let's read it. Or re- let's, uh, recovering a sense of abundance, uh, let's read through it, let's take notes, uh, and I just write down the phrases or the ideas or the exercises uh, that were in the book, and, and uh, say what's jumping out to me. Like so, kind of reading it twice. I probably read it like during the week, um, casually. Yeah, but the first day it's kind of about just reading uh, the text in a really focused way and saying, "Oh, what's jumping out? What's what am I connecting with?" Uh, and then the second day. Ideally, it would be taking those notes and what? Okay, what are the activities that Julia had that jump out to me? And then the next day, so the day two would be kind of going through that with Stan, and seeing what Stan thinks and saying, "Hey, Stan, like look at this activity. Let's do it together." And then just going through the activity with Stan. Uh, so, like depersonalizing it, going from like, "Oh, Drew is the writer. Drew is the person. What's jumping out?" or as a reader, and then kind of going into character in some sense. I mean, not totally in character, but pretty close and saying, huh, let's see okay, so how would Stan answer these questions? Uh, How would the character Scooter talk to Stan about this and say, okay, let's look at this, huh, or how do you feel about this? And then that would lead inevitably, or ideally, I guess, not inevitably, but to more questions uh, that I would write down, and ideally... My subconscious would be working on them, or the story swamp. It'd say, Well, what does Stan really want? Uh, or, huh? I can't answer these questions. Or, What are Stan's vices? Or, um, that was a really difficult one, especially in the context of a sleep podcast. So it's like, Oh, okay. So ideally, by day three, something thematically has, start, has started to become clear. And like we've connected to the material of the week. And, At least something sticking out. Like if it's something difficult, that's good. I said, "Well, I can't stand. How come you can't answer this?" Uh, Or like, oh, even the vocabulary words. It's like, oh, what are the vocabulary? Like what words are sticking out? So that by day three and day four, we're saying, okay, how did the last episode end? And where do we think this episode is going to end? And you know the the middle part of Nuns in Space: The Stand Chronicles was uh, was pretty episodic, except for maybe one or two episodes. You know, but the goal was always to get out of the cloud of delusion, uh, and deal with whatever was coming up. Uh, so it wasn't it had some seriality to it. Uh, that uh the last couple of series may you know because I've been trying to just make it things uh, for the past couple of years less serial. Uh, but I still feel like you could listen to them in any order and get the general sense and then say, well, I want some continuity. You could listen to them in order. um. But so, yeah, day three and four would be kind of uh, what's going to be the story. And then uh, ideally by day five, it's like, oh, OK, I think it like, doesn't have to be the final story, but it's like, oh, I think this is a story of this episode. Stan and uh, Scoots are trying to do this or this happened. And they're trying to get this done. So at least kind of knowing uh where like where 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 it starts and where we want to go or where it starts and what the issues are, and be like, oh I don't know where it goes, but I know that this is a major and then the emotion like the work in day one and two ideally gives it some emotional grounding. Like uh there was a lot of Pinocchio in this uh because naturally, Stan, well, maybe not naturally, but, like, uh it's I got to know Stan. So, she said, I want to be treated as equal. I want to be, you know, I get to spend all this time with you as a human. But I was just created on this date. uh And, you know, I want my life. And also Stan's a freestyle soda machine. Naturally said, well, I would like some arms and legs. Uh, yeah, so, just use spinocchio uh, connections uh, or you know, Pinocchio type stories. and also the, the the downside to that. I mean not, there was never anything where I said, oh, this is uh, uh but I mean, I guess like honest John and Ray Bon, I didn't realize they rhymed actually till just now, but like having some sort of influence. Uh, but that wasn't strong just because I feel like Stan and Pinocchio, While Stan has some innocence like Pinocchio, Stan's uh, highly intelligent and shrewd. I don't know if Pinocchio possessed a shrewdness. Uh, Maybe Pinocchio developed a shrewdness. uh, But Stan was much more, I mean, from just dealing with me and my BS, uh, you know, Stan is uh, just a a different being than Pinocchio. Uh, Like a child in some sense, but actually someone that, unlike Pinocchio, Pinocchio wanted to be a boy, Stan wanted boyhood, so it's kinda of two different things uh, and you know Pinocchio wanted a boy's body uh not a wooden body, you know no strings to hold me down, and Stan wanted a body uh so I don't know that was some so there's like some emotional juice there of like hey what- and again like also going for deeper stuff of uh of like, hey, what do you really want? What is that part of you that connects with Stan or Scooter? And what part of you Stan wants to have these summer camps? Uh, That's a dream that he can imagine and picture that makes him feel good and that stirs him up. Uh, And then he says, yes, this is what I would like. I think I would like this. Uh, And Scooter's there to kind of encourage Stan and try to empower him. But at the same time, like, I hope there's something relatable in there. Even if it's a, like, a a vibration that you're, like, uh, I mean, I truly believe that uh, this stuff, even if you're not hearing it, uh, that it is, like, the pupils in Disney World or whatever. That it's, like, uh, that's there for you, uh, empowering your ability to sleep through it. And so... Yeah, what was my point? So I guess there's there are there those layers, and then uh, so in the writing process. Uh, so then by day five or six, it's like okay, this is how we think the story is going to go, and then after that, it's kind of like to be honest, it's a really uh, the West of the Wild or something like after that. Uh, usually, after the first two days, uh, it could go any which way, but usually at least I have three or four days where i have something to hold on to uh, that it's not like okay now you got to get in the story swap and see where this is going uh, so by the middle days by 5 and 6 uh, ideally it's like uh we're playing out the story saying and they could go a million different ways they could use uh like a story structure like the story circle or i could just start try bullet pointing or I could just be writing. I could say, well, I know what's going to happen here in this middle part. Or I know Scooter and Stan are going to have this discussion, so let's just write that out. And the good thing about Second Seasons, and then for a lot of the series, it did a lot of writing, and actual writing. In the past, I've done a lot more outlining. Uh, but this one, because, it was, because there was this emotional throughpoint, and even this dialogue connection of stuff for Stan and Scooter to dialogue about. And it was contained like they're in the cloud of delusion. So it was like uh, most of the issues were to empower Stan to deal with the other issues. So it's like, what is the outside uh, conflict that's uh, kind of complementing the inside conflict? So it's like, uh, okay. And then, so, so a lot of short, like a lot of times it was like, I was writing 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 and I would say okay that's a whole scene and sometimes I'd like just keep writing over a couple days to the end and I say okay we this is like 40 60 70% okay where what are, what parts are we missing or what parts don't work or what parts could we move around and when I say writing I mean like freehand just like the morning pages in some sense it's just like uh, I mean, you can look up the notes uh, depending on your, I think, uh, $5.00 patrons can look at the notes and see uh, the different types of writing. And then it would be like, then ideally pushing into seven or eight, uh, day seven or eight, it's like, okay, let's re-outline again. And then say, okay, this is kind of the final structure, it seems like. Uh, Now let's go through what we wrote and maybe edit that or maybe say, okay, this works with this uh, point, uh, story point five, or whatever, or where we are here, where, uh, I don't know, and uh, and kind of go through that and then say, okay, what are we missing? Okay, where where is it open? Okay, so, so who, what is Stan? And the nice thing about the pen pal thing is I could write that close to last because then it would be like, okay, wh- now that I know what this episode is about, where it's going. Um, it, uh, it enabled me to say, okay, so what is Stan going to talk to? Like, is there a way to like, uh, subtly uh, sneak in any themes or not talk about stuff? I mean, that's what Stan and Scooter are both good at, uh, to create a theme of something they're not talking about intentionally, uh, to have that play out or, or whatever. Maybe I didn't do that. Maybe it's just something I think about, but, um, and, uh, let's see. And, and the other nice thing about the pen pal element was like that I was able to, um, the pen pal could be used for exposition, but it could also be used for like one thing. I'm like, okay, if there's two voices in two characters, I'm comfortable with that. Adding on more characters is always like, uh, I'm wondering about the balance of the sound, and the continuity, and then just the focus. It's like, okay. And so, like, at first with the the Nuns in Space and and with Raybon, I said, okay, this seems like, are there any other kind of characters make themselves uh, apparent and say, I'm part of the story? And even Raybon said, no, just leave, you know, uh," like, it wasn't like Raybon had to be a part of the story as I was developing it. So I said, okay, this is good. Like, it's just Stan and Scooter for the most part. And then we could use the pen pal to kind of fill in gaps uh, or create gaps and say, well, I don't know if we need to tell that part of the story. So let's just have Stan, let's just have that be a blank. Let's say, hey, pen pal, we'll be right. But I when mean, we go, me and Scooter will be right back because uh, uh, say, OK, we don't need to be in that room with that discussion or where that's playing out. Uh, Either it's going to be too uh, dull or it's going to be too, uh, there's too much action or there's just too much, uh, it'd be something too heavy. I said, "Eh, I don't think that'll work. So we'll just use uh, Pen Pal Exposition or just skip it and say, oh, Pen Pal, you know, we did this uh, and not even use Exposition. Be like, we solved it uh, with the computer stuff or whatever. Uh, but I mean, again, and I guess maybe there's like uh, now I'm changing topics, but it's like, so let's just stick with, so the writing process, um, I think that's it. Yeah. I usually, ideally by like eight, nine and 10 or nine and 10, like the recording day and the day before, it's like almost like a rehearsal days, uh, of like reading through and then making some last minute edits and be like, Oh, well. Like, for example, the last episode, I ended up changing—like, I had two rehearsal days, or so run-through days. So I said, oh, I don't know. I don't feel like—I uh, don't like the order of events. So it's like, okay, what if we move this or move this here? And actually, because it was the last episode, normally I don't even have time to listen to the previous episodes. So—but for the last episode, I listened to the to, to episode 11— uh, Mostly get an idea of like Ray Bond's part in it, and say, okay, it, it just to like loosen a loose anatomy that said, oh, I'm not sure where this is going, and it's just hard to end a a series that's a serial episodic. Se- I mean, this one because it's like uh, I already spent I spent so many weeks with Stan, and uh, and it said, oh, like uh, it's still open ended, st- you know, it's still open ended story in some sense. Uh, and that's where the challenge lies. Like, oh, I could keep telling nuns in space, but at soon at some point it would lose its challenge and lose its luster. It's better to put it back in the story swamp and give it some time. Another thing I did that I've never done before was uh, uh write multiple episodes without recording them. I've never done this before that I know of. Maybe I have uh, uh, but um. I just found myself in a couple of positions where I had some travel and uh, so, so just some other stuff. And I c- couldn't record for a w- little while. And I kind of said, uh, well, what am I going to do? Am I, gonna, I, I You know, I'm always like laying the track for the podcast so it can keep going. And I found myself in a pickle. I said, well, I could force recording it, but I don't know the environment I'll be in and just i guess from like moving the show to prx and looking at old episodes they said man like uh, there's some continuity issues like when you record episodes 1 through 6 uh, in the the closet and then 7 and 8 are recorded somewhere else and then 9 is recorded in the closet and then 10 is recorded uh, somewhere else uh, it was just a continuity issue I wasn't happy with. I mean, one off it doesn't impact people, but when i'm when I look at the thing I'm building, I said, well, I don't know if that'll work. And again, the story swamp does not like to be pushed and say, I demand this of you. And I guess the theme of this series was like, what if like can you take a leap of faith? And so I said to myself, Scoots, what if uh, you stick to your writing schedule? Without record, like with a de- writing deadline, but that's not based on recording. And I said, "What? What do you mean?" I said, "Well, you you have ten days to write the episode, and then you write the next one." And I said, "Well, let's try it." And it actually worked. Like I said, okay, well, the, that's ten days. So let's start writing the next. And I think we wrote. I wrote three or four episodes, uh, like without recording one. I don't know if it was like the first four. I, and honestly, I have no idea to be like, or maybe it was like, I don't know. I would have to look at like the raw files to see the recording dates. Uh, and I did wonder like, oh, should I re Is this okay to even do like this new test of like, uh, of writing that way? And I don't think it's ideal. It, just because the stories change when I sit down and record them. Because again, you're in the, I'm, I record on swap, and the Story Swamp will say, eh, or I'll be recording it and I'll be like, oh, this doesn't work uh, when I'm recording it. And usually those changes are positive. uh, And then that would impact the way the next story is told. But I said, okay, well, we could roll with it. We can, we can still change things, even though they're written and we'll have a little bit more information going in. And I don't think that's sustainable always just because of the fact the podcast comes out twice a week. uh, But that, uh, it's something good for me to know to say, oh, okay, if I do want to take two weeks off from the podcast, uh, mostly, I mean, there's no way to take two weeks off uh, uh, fully, and I don't think it's necessarily a great idea for me because the writing muscles, uh, I don't know, I, I just feel like it's muscle memory that it needs to be worked. Uh, it's like, oh, I could take it a lot, like I could still write, but I don't need to record or if there's something happened, I couldn't record uh, which does happen. I mean I think it like sometimes I catch uh you know, catch a cold or get sick or uh, you know, life happens and I say, Okay, I just can't record this week. Uh I mean I, I like I said the summer was like traveling and, and other stuff. I think in the winter time in February I did I was traveling and then I came back and I I think there was another time where it was like ten days I didn't record because I was sick and travelling. Uh, But I think that's probably it. It's, like, weird that the parallels of the story uh, told in this season— I mean, maybe it's because, again, check out The Artist's Way, but it's like uh, that it ended— that it's like, oh, the Story Swamp's trying to provide me and ideally you, the listener, with lessons that I hadn't planned into it to say, can you take this leap, uh, Scooter? I'll catch you. Yeah, this this is, you know— This is, like, for me, this, like, making these live shows uh, has not been easy because it's something totally new to me and uh, whatever. And and it just happens to be paralleling the time when I'm making this series and saying, uh, can you jump? Can you do it? Uh, And can you keep trying? Because it's like, oh, well, this isn't where I want it to be, Uh, but it's there. But it's like, oh, this is something new you have to learn how to do. I mean, I think the difference between the, the fiction and the reality is like, oh, can you keep jumping? Can you, can you take the next leap or can you jump across again? Uh, and having an internal thing uh, with Stan to say, hey, I'll catch you. And then the other thing Stan did, which I've tested out. And again, this came out of the story swab or the collective unconscious was having this idea. And I mean, I've been going to therapy for a long time. And trying to figure out different ways, oh, how do you deal with this constant uh, negative chatter, or this internal critic that talks 24-7, or this belief system that uh, isn't ideal for, for living in a world where you're trying to have hope and optimism at least some of the time, is uh, that Stan came up with this idea, and this again came from this story-breaking process of saying, huh, Stan – what are your like? Uh, wait, you, you didn't you you didn't air any doubts about this? What are you doubting, and how do you deal with your doubts? And I can remember writing it out and saying, "Huh, well, yeah, was it like?" And then saying, "Okay, well, let's have Stan not talk about Stan's doubts, but then eventually Stan would have to talk about that Stan if Stan is evolving into a fully realized being." Uh, that doubts are naturally a part of that, but that because Stan developed in Stan's, because of Stan's nature, Stan would have some coping mechanism that would be unique. Uh, And Stan said, yeah, I give my doubt a house inside me or a cottage to live and to prosper where I can come visit and discuss things uh, and say, hey, what are you doubting about uh, You've this beautiful homestead you live on, doubter. Uh, I hope you're comfortable and you got a nice fire in the fireplace and your goats and stuff. Uh, you're like, oh, let's just sit down and discuss your doubts. And then, okay, I'm going to leave and be back and I'll come visit you. Uh, but I'm going to go back to my world of hope and optimism. And I know you're here existing and you have, you know, I want you to be realized and, and respected too, but I can't have you down. And I don't know. I mean, we didn't talk about all out in the show, but, uh, I said, "Wow, that's a powerful tool, Stan. I'm gonna start it. Do you mind if I use that?" And Stan said, "Yeah, sure, go for it, Drew." It's really been something I've been playing with over the past couple weeks, and not just my doubts, but saying, "Hey, you're pretty grouchy." I actually been playing with the idea of giving them butlers and saying, "Oh, here's your butler, Mr. Grouchy, and in your new home, like how would you want your home?" Uh, so I don't know, maybe like uh, stuff like that comes out of it that I didn't expect. Uh, they can help me keep going. Uh, and that's maybe relatable for uh, for any of you, but thank you so much uh, for listening and uh, going along with this journey with me. I really, really appreciate it. Good night. Uh, I want to thank everybody for reviewing the podcast over on Apple podcasts. Yeah. This one is a cloud tower. It's from uh, Plata Babo. love cloud tower. Even though I don't necessarily like being in the air. This I do, uh, Love, podcast, love the podcast in general. Thanks for the help and care, Scoots. Thank you. It confused my brain. It gets in a good way because it's five stars. Uh, yeah. Why am I tearing up? Because uh, of soda. Uh, that's from uh, QWERV116. Uh, help me through a tough time. This is from uh, Nick, Nick, Nick Amcam. I just discovered the podcast last night, it, it did get help get me sleepy, uh, and then today or tonight I was in the middle of uh, a stress, stress, stressful situation, and I turned on the podcast and it got me uh, just sleepy enough to try to go to bed. It did two things, it made me nice and relaxed enough to get sleepy, and it took away what was st- stressing me out. Thank you so much, thank you. Uh, Josie Bear says, it cuts through the P to the A to the I to the N uh dealt with some uh tonsillitis uh i couldn't sleep i heard about sleeping so i gave it a try and fell asleep perfect thing to distract me and allow me to drift into dreamland uh, since then i've been listening to podcasts that deal with insomnia works like a charm uh, just uh, uh focus enough that i pay attention and forget about the things keep me awake but not so engaging that i stay awake to listen thanks josie bayer from canada it uh, works every time uh this is from Frwek 22 uh, Guy has some strange magic going on. Works better than journaling, toning, drill, quill, uh, anything else you take uh, via the mouth. And uh, I don't know how he does it, but I'm finally sleeping. God bless this podcast. Uh, Daniel C to the H says, it just works. works. Uh, I've had insomnia my entire life. Take stuff, you know, you know, and then uh, that doesn't work with sleep with me. I fall asleep faster. Awesome dreams. Uh, I took a job as a on the road truck driver, and sleep with me is a lifesaver. Thanks, Daniel. And <laughs> get ready, buckle your seatbelts, uh, your sleep belts, if you're here. You uh, cats, uh, says uh, you've changed. Uh, used to be great, but now he talks about supporting the podcast for 20 minutes. Uh, which isn't accurate. Uh, uh, understand, uh, you're ruining the content. Uh, it, try just trying to keep the show going at twice a month. Uh, and actually, we don't have 20 minutes of, uh, asks. So, and when you compare the time we ask for support to the time of the content, it's, uh, pretty, pretty low. We do, I'm doing, doing my best to keep the show going. Uh, then, uh, S, B, F to the A to the C to the E to the A to the C to the H to the E from the UK says, yes, uh, normally start drifting off within minutes, never been awake long enough uh, to hear the story. Podcast is excellent. Uh, sleepy and uh, not they're not sleepy with this show. They don't like it. No way. Uh, they, they, they just don't like the show at all. Uh, then all, this person would like to give us a less than one star. Rayface. Uh, they, they don't like the show either. So it's about back to, you know, these coming waves. Uh, let's cap it off with uh, this one. Uh, yeah, Jocelyn says, brilliant. Can't get over how well it works. I love the episodes with Apple's uh, red article. It's fascinating. I didn't know so much work went into making each episode. Uh, my favorite thing is there's no pressure to fall asleep and it keeps you company uh, While well, you would, you know, decide if you can sleep. That's perfect about that. I recommend it to everyone. Yeah. Uh, so thank you for that. Thank you uh, uh, for everybody. Because uh, Sleep with Me is supported by the listeners that support the show on Patreon, or who support our sponsors. That's how the show is brought to you. Uh, for free is by the people who subsidize it in those two ways. Uh, sleep with Me is also a part of uh, Night Vale Presents. You can check out all the amazing shows there over there at NightValePresents.com. We're also a member of PRX. You can check out everything they're doing, uh, like Podcast Garage, uh, Project Catapult, and other things at PRX.org. And uh, th- 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 thanks, everybody, for starting the show. Let me give you a little. Let's t- you know, if you need another episode, it's re- you know ready to go. may automatically play. It may not. But I'm here uh, to help. Let me tuck you in. I'm here to keep you company. So there you go. Oh, uh, loosen that up. No problem. No problem. Yeah, uh, yeah. Okay. You want me to move that? Okay, sure. And I'm gonna put this sticker over this LED over here for you. Uh, Good night.